This week, I sat down with my good friend and a frequent listener of the podcast, Mr. Tony Goforth. You might know him as the tenor singer for the fabulous Blackwood Quartet. I'll link their website in the description. This episode's definitely been a long time coming, but before we get into things, I can't pass up the opportunity to say a fine howdy-do to the man to my left. How you doing, bud? Ethan, it is so great to be here with you. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Tony. I've been waiting on this episode, like I just said, for a long time, and I can tell you're excited about it At as well. At least 10 years. I don't know. 10 or 12 years we've been waiting to do this. Is my, that right? Is my that goodness. Right? I've only been doing it for, what is this, like five? Almost. Almost five. Five years. Well, it's been five years. No, it hadn't been five years. I'm just kidding. A long time. At least a year. Well, I mean, have we known each other a year? Has to be. Surely. But last Christmas is when I submitted my favorite Christmas song. So we're getting up on Christmas time. It's getting close. Oh yeah, you have made a cameo on the podcast. You probably recognize your voice you probably recognize his voice. I do recognize my voice, yes. I, I was talking to the listeners. Oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my goodness, this is fun, man. I can tell. And from what you've told me, the drive from Indiana to North Carolina is just a little bit farther than from my house to the grocery store. Maybe by a few miles, at least. That's an understatement, my friend. I left Indiana this morning. From Indiana to North Carolina. My goodness. And you made that trip all the way down here for little old me? For just for you, man. And it, I turned a seven-hour trip into about ten and a half. Oh, wow. I'm honored, I'll tell you. That is some good stuff. Just for you, buddy. You ready to kick this thing off? Let's do it. Welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 312th time on this Friday, November 25th, 2022. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Talkin' Tenor. Starting us out, let me in on who you are and what you do. My name is Tony Goforth, and I am currently the tenor for the fabulous Blackwood Quartet, and I'm also the administrative assistant for my church in Sellersburg, Indiana, for my little church. I have been doing that for almost a year now. That's really cool. I know you're a singer. Naturally, this question comes to mind. What moment in your life lit the fire in you for singing? I can tell you this, Ethan. My dad is also a singer. The funny part of this is, though, my dad is a bass singer. And when he first started hearing me really professionally sing, he said, I didn't know you could sing so high. It's so funny because he was the one that kind of influenced me. As a child, he sang in church. I can remember singing songs by the Statler Brothers and just being ignited for some kind of desire to sing in a quartet, even from, you know, the country music, listening to all those quartets, oh, you know, just the stuff that's in church. And I just have always known that I wanted to be a part of that. It's been, it's been a passion of mine since I was a little, little kid. Going back to the part about your dad, I bet that shocked him. As a bass singer, knowing he birthed a tenor child. <laughs> I think he might be a little ashamed of me because I'm a tenor. No, it's, it's okay. He just looks at you like, boy, you come from a bass family. Let's sing bass in there. Well, he doesn't say it in that kind of southern accent, but yeah, he says. <laughs> you know you have an accent, don't you? What? You, you, I've been you. saying all day that I don't. 
I think you do. And I've proven myself wrong every time I say that I don't because I do. He said I proved myself wrong. <laughs> and there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Take me back to when you first started singing. What was that like for you? Here's the fun part. I, in church as a little kid, I can remember – and, and, and I, the woman's name is Eva Bundren, and she may, might even be listening to this right now. She was the one that was singing something that was different, but it sounded good. I can remember we're singing a song like a simple Amazing Grace or Shall We Gather at the River, something like that in church. And she was singing. It, was, it sounded good, but it was wrong. I didn't know at the time that she was singing harmony. How could I have possibly known that as a three or four or five-year-old kid? But that interested me, and I thought, what is she doing? I want to do that. So I learned harmony from a young age just by listening to Eva. The, the organist at church, her name was Faye. She always sang really loud, and she was an alto as well. These women were singing something that was so beautiful and so different. It wasn't the melody. It was harmony. So I, from that early age, I was always hooked from music from then on because of its variety. And that's what spurned me on to, to do what I do now. We've mentioned a few times that you sing with the Blackwood Quartet. So can you tell me how you got started with them? I met Mark Blackwood about 20 years ago in Greenville, Texas. I was singing with the Christian Brothers Quartet at the time, and we had a big show. There was Ernie Haas and Signature Sound, the Christian Brothers, a few other groups, and Mark Blackwood and the Blackwood Quartet. I met him there, and he was interested in having me be a part of his group then, even 20 years ago. We met at, uh, was it Denny's, I think, or Shoney's or something after that show, and we ended up talking and had become fast friends ever since. Back in uh, 2021, he approached me about being the tenor, and it's been all there ever since. What's your favorite part about singing with the Blackwoods? I get to travel all over the world. We've got some uh, dates that are scheduled in England True. coming up soon. We are, And Mark's philosophy is he wants to go where other groups don't. So we go to Montana. We go to Canada. We go to Wisconsin. We're going to these churches and these places, these venues, where other groups don't want to go. That is one of my favorite things about singing with Mark is he's going to go where other groups don't want to go. California, New Mexico. Arizona, Nevada, all these wonderful places. My favorite thing about that is that we get to do all this traveling. We get to spread the gospel all over the world. I was just getting ready to say one thing that sort of bums me out about how you guys go all over the country is you don't spend much time in North Carolina. Yeah. Dude, I want to see y'all sing some more. I know it. We've been, I've been to North Carolina since I've been singing with Mark three times. I've only seen you once. Yes, that's true. We talk a lot on Facebook Messenger, and you've told me several times about your experiences singing on the road. And boy, there's a little bit of everything, from the funny to the strange to the profound. Can you tell me what the funniest moment you've experienced while singing is? The most recent is the most tame. We were in Texas. We had, I think, five shows in that weekend, five or six. And on... Sunday night, we were getting ready to go home after this one, and this is the last show on a long weekend. We pull up to the church, we go in, we get set up, the pastor comes in, he's a great guy, his name is Pastor Chad. This man, while going through law school, 
was an Elvis tribute artist. What's funny about this is the pastor who was going through law school was an Elvis tribute artist. He wanted to sing an Elvis song with us, with the Blackwood Quartet. So he did. He's probably under so much pressure from law school. He's like, I got to shake it out somehow. I got to do something about this. It's got to come through my leg. (laughs) He got up there and he was good. He sang a few songs with us during the sound check. And his mother was in the crowd during the show. Mark called him up and we did Peace in the Valley with him during the show. He loved it. He did a great job. So that's the the most tame and funny thing that Elvis tribute artist pastor and went to law school you never hear that kind of combination yes a singing preaching lawyer yes you could make a stage play out of that like oh my goodness sell to a one-man show that would be amazing yes cool i thought it was hilarious and and the guy is a great guy great pastor great friend of ours and a great singer too There's another story that I hope that you'll let me tell, Ethan. This is a fantastic story here. What are you kidding? You've driven like 10 hours combined just to get here today. I'm not letting you go without telling me this. This involves Tim Green. In 2011. I was 11. You shut your mouth. (laughs) I was singing tenor for the Greens with Tim Green and Stacey Sanders. We were in Johnson City. We were doing a Christmas tour. It was about an, I think it was an 18-day tour, and it was, as I recall, it was right in the middle of this tour. We get to Johnson City. We put our sound equipment up, and in walks the pastor's wife and their four-year-old son. This four-year-old boy wanted to know where Tim Green was. He kept saying, are you Tim Green? He'd come to me and he'd say, are you Tim Green? This little boy asked me three times, I was Tim Green. And I said, no, I'm not. He asked, Stacy, are you Tim Green? I love Tim Green. I thought, if you love Tim Green, why don't you know what Tim Green looks like? But he's four, so you can't say that to a four-year-old. This precious child went around the both of us and finally found Tim and asked him every question there was. He wanted to know everything about Tim Green. Are you Tim Green? Are you sure you're Tim Green? Are you sure you're sure you're sure you're Tim Green? Exactly. (laughs) Well, as people do, we got all of our sound equipment in. We did our sound check. We we have to change, of course. We're putting suits on and we're getting all nice for everybody. Tim went to the men's room. This little boy, four years old, ended up following Tim Green into the bathroom where he got on his back and kind of scooted under the stall <laughs> looking for Tim Green. He said, Tim Green, Tim Green. And Tim put his foot on his head. And oh, him, no. Pushed him back out underneath that stall. <laughs> Tim come into that little Sunday school room where we would dress. You boys will never know what just happened to me. So what happened? He said, that boy just got on his back and scooted underneath that stall to see me. I said, well, Tim Green. So ever since then, I've never called him Tim Green. I've always called him Tim Green. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. What's the best part of singing for you? The best part of singing for me is the band of brothers that I get to go along with. 
We have such a great time, not just traveling up and down the road. When we're on stage, it is so wonderful to be around people that you love, that you get along with, that you can sing with, that make great music together. It is just a joy to be able to sing with the guys that I sing with. Jason Gordon is our newest baritone. He's He is fantastic, I tell you. He's one of the good ones. And he's actually in the room with us. That's, so. that's why I said that. That's why I pay him the big bucks, too. <laughs> Bless him. What's the hardest part about singing? The hardest part about singing is traveling for hours and hours and hours at a time. We never fly anywhere. We always drive to the places. Now, when we go to the U.K., when we go to England or Scotland or any of those other places that we're going, we're not going to drive there, of course. We're going to be flying to those. But <laughs> if we're going to Canada, we're driving there. If we're going to California, we drive. It is sometimes miserable, the trips that we have to take sometimes. 12 hours in a vehicle. We recently went to Newark, New Jersey to sing. And let me tell you, the drive up there, we had to drive all the way through all night. We got there in the morning, had a couple of hours of rest, and then had to do a couple of shows. That is the most miserable part of traveling, is being in a car all day. Can you walk me through how you got saved? Absolutely. My mother tells a funny, wonderful story about how she was so very pregnant with me on a Sunday when she went to church. She had me on a Tuesday, came back with me, carrying me in her arms on that next Sunday. I've grown up in church. I loved being a part of our children's programs, our youth program. But um, I, I could answer all the questions. I knew how to respond to, to what the questions were in church. But I didn't have that real understanding, that saving knowledge until I was 19 years old. I was 19 years old in the little church that I was going to in New Albany, Indiana. These people came alongside of me. They loved me. I came as, as uh, what I thought was an adult at the time. I don't know if 19 is an adult. As much as they can be, we can vote. When I was 19, I would have said I was a young adult. I'll be a young adult at 19 then. The, these people, I joined the choir. I, was, I was, had moved out. I was on my own. I was a part of the choir. And these people really took me under their, their wing. They sent me on a retreat. And at that retreat, I just had, there was a light switch. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in such a magnificent way. I came to a saving knowledge and thought, there is no other way but through Jesus. Got saved that day, and baptized the next morning, and it's been the rest has been history. That's awesome. I got saved. I can't tell you exactly what age I was, but I know exactly what I was doing. Tell me. I was in my grandma's living room watching Gospel Bill. And at the time, I had thought, okay, I go to church. I pray every night I must be saved. And then, as Willie George was given the devotional and the invitation, something just pulled at my heart and said, dude, you need God. Amen. So I couldn't, I couldn't fight it anymore. I got down on my knees in front of my grandma's red ottoman and used as an altar. Amen. And I said, God, can you save me? And he did. Amen. That's a, that's a beautiful story. Those are, those are the kind of stories that, that people need to know about. Wherever you are, it doesn't have to be in a church. It doesn't have to be at some big special event. It can be right where you are. 
And what was the moment like when you knew that God had called you to sing for him? I have felt like he has called me to sing since I was a little kid, even through uh, all of the horrible things that that kids go through. They go through uh, divorces. They go through moving to places that they may not want to go and and doing things that they may not want to do. What's best for them is what Jesus has in store for them. He has always been there next to me, and I've always wanted to do exactly what he wants to do. So singing for me has always been a joy from a very, very early age. That's how I feel about radio. For me, you can listen to the episode For the Love of Radio to get more context on that, and pointing to the camera to make sure to illustrate the point. I'm not, I'm not scolding you, just... <laughs> I'll scold you. Listen. <laughs> you listen. I'm the old man in the room. And speaking of the podcast, you've been on the podcast before during the Christmas episode last year. And you said your favorite Christmas song was What Child Is This? So now I've got to ask you, what's your favorite song to sing? My favorite song to sing is the current solo that I do with the fabulous Blackwood Quartet. The song is called Let's Go to Jesus. It speaks about whenever you're having trouble, whatever you're going through, anytime, day or night, go to Jesus. It's as simple as that. Anytime that we need anything, we go to Him. Something I really want to dive into is the gospel side of Elvis. We've mentioned that a couple times on the podcast, but... It's too unique not to dive a little bit deeper into. So can you tell me how that became a mainstay of your schedule? With me personally, I have been doing Elvis shows for a long time. At about 2011 or 2012, I was asked to put a quartet together. That quartet was going to do backup for an Elvis tribute artist. And it, I was bit from that point on. I had to do Elvis stuff. It was the coolest, funnest stuff in the world. The Blackwoods have a long, rich history with Elvis. James Blackwood sang How Great Thou Art at Elvis's funeral. The Blackwood brothers sang at Elvis's mother's funeral. They have always known one another. They were family friends growing up. Cecil Blackwood and Elvis, Mark's dad Cecil, and Elvis were friends. They lived practically next door to one another in Memphis, Tennessee. I bet that was cool. Can you imagine living next door to Elvis? My goodness. I bet he had all kinds of bragging rights. Mark has had his heel touched as a baby by the king of rock and roll. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to sing? My favorite place to sing is in the car with my fiance, Jody. I've been all over the world. I've been in many, many states. I've sang in front of 10,000 people in an arena in Rotterdam. My favorite place to sing is to that sweet woman in the car. You're going to make me cry. I'm sorry. It's oh. the truth. What do you hope that people can take away from being at one of your concerts? Ethan, I've always hoped that they are entertained. Being entertained by someone is much better than going to a show or going to a concert and not liking what you hear. We hope that you're entertained. We hope that you like what you hear, of course. But first and foremost, we hope that you hear about Jesus. We hope that you know that you know that you know 
that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's a great segue into the last question. And Tony, this is a big one. How would you explain the gospel to someone who's never heard it before? Ethan, I've been thinking about that question since uh, since you gave it to me. I've been different people have a different way of understanding. The only way that someone is going to know is by having a personal relationship, is by having a personal understanding. We can talk all day long. We can say prayers. None of that will ever save us. We have to just live our lives as an example. Once we do that, someone's going to be more apt to be hearing exactly what we have to say. When we have that relationship with that person, when we can speak to them, whether it's in a concert and we just met, if they trust me and they know that I'm going to not tell them some weird story, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus, and if I'm not there to just make them laugh, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus, if I'm not just going to sing some great song, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus, they're more apt to hear that great, great news. Well, Tony, I think that's just as good of a place as any to wrap things up. It's been a great time. I've enjoyed having you here. It has been an absolute blast, and I hope we can do it again, my friend. Can we do it again? It just depends on when you can make the drive from Indiana. I'm always open. Is it okay if I come down once a week? Well, you'd have to okay that with Jody, and I'd have to okay that with my parents. Let's do that. Other than that, we're okay. (laughs) Sounds great, buddy. See y'all next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.